0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We've been looking at the different things on running the race. And so Sunday, let me read this to you guys. This is pretty cool. See if I can find it on here. Listen to this. Remember how Sunday, for those who were here, The Lord just really started dealing with distraction. And do you know, ever since I prayed that that that, that morning, it left. I have not been distracted at all where it was really just all the time hitting me and trying to get me to go in a different direction and stop what I was in the middle of doing. It was actually making it really hard to really study the Bible or do something because something would pop in my head to go and do and take care of. All good things, nothing bad, but still, it was distraction. So Sunday, the Lord began to deal with us on that here, which is why we're going to teach it tonight. So then Sunday Sunday evening, uh, a prophet Lana, V-A-W-S-E-R, posted this and somebody sent it to me. Listen to this. So this was the same Sunday that God showed us that. She said, I heard the Lord say, expand, focus, hone. Recently, I heard the Lord say, expand, focus, hone, H-O-N-E. When the Lord spoke these words, I was surrounded again by the sense of ferocious focus. It is very important right now to be fighting against distraction and finding the yes and alignments of the Lord in your life and then being focused on what God is speaking and what he has promised. Isn't that cool? God is so cool with confirmation. For the Lord showed me that many have been distracted in this season by heavy weights of the heart. Remember, we're talking about running the race and the, the worksheet is about getting rid of those weights that hold you back. And so distractions would be a weight um, that holds you back. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be sin, although distractions, temptation is a distraction that leads to sin, right? But not all distractions are sin. If all of a sudden you realize, oh, I need to run to the post office, that's not a sin. But if it's the enemy popping that thought in your head to stop you from what God has, then it gets you out of that race. Amen? So we need to really begin to pray against distractions. Distractions are very much being used by the enemy in our nation right now. And that's why we're going to have a powerful prayer meeting. You do not want to miss Friday. And you do not want to be late. Okay? Uh, Seven o'clock to eight, we are praying three or 4 so self-specific things it's just powerful. God's given me specific things and specific ways to pray. And then we're going to be watching Church International on big screen and joining their church as they celebrate the 4th of July. And so I encourage everybody to come out and be part of that. And you you can bring the kids for this if you need to. Just stay in our gated communities and um, So that, you know, while we intercede and pray. But God's given me some really powerful things to pray. And we're going to pray against distractions. And the case you've ever noticed, as soon as something starts to get exposed or the Holy Spirit wants people to deal with it, all of a sudden something else happens. And all the focus goes to what else is happening. Now, rather somebody corrupt made that happen, or rather, how many know the devil's the devil? Amen? Mm -hmm. So we know he's making it happen. Sometimes you got to realize, Satan does have his hand in a lot of this, but the people don't know that. In other words, it looks like, wow, that's convenient that it happened right now. I wonder if they had something to do with it. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But guess what? Satan did, right? And Satan's the one who's orchestrating all this. So it doesn't necessarily mean that other people actually participated in that distraction. But Satan did, amen? So we got to get up high so we can see in the spirit. We need to walk in a place to see what God is doing, what he wants us to do, what the angels are doing, where we need to be concentrating and seeing things and what he's calling us to do, and recognize Satan has a demonic kingdom, and he is also orchestrating things. And so so when you can get above looking at individual people and get into a place of, Lord, what do you want me to do, and how do you want me to do this? I want to tell you guys something. For those who participated in Friday nights, I know everybody can't, but for those who have it has been the most powerful thing you have probably ever done in your Christian walk in this last year and a half. And I mean that with all sincerity. It's It's been more important than... Pro- I know it's been more important than anything I've ever participated in led by the Holy Spirit. And that's including <laughs> raising the dead and seeing a lot of people healed and going to nations. We are fighting for our nation. Amen? We are fighting for our nation and we're going to begin seriously fighting for our state. Amen? And there's nothing... In, one person can send a thousand angels, release a thousand angels to do the work God has for them. And if you put two together, it does 10,000. So, whether you know it or not, when you don't come and you're supposed to be here, whatever that kind of multiplication is, we don't get that added amount of being able to send angels. One person makes a gigantic difference if they come in agreement in faith. Amen. And participate. And a small group of people can do a lot. Because we can send. Uh, God's multiplication on angelic. Um, releasing angels is amazing. If one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. Just think the kind of math. Amen. And so you're, you're coming or not. If I was praying by myself. I could release a thousand. If Karen joins me. We can release ten thousand. Plus my thousand. Or however, maybe just ten, however. But then if three come, however that math works, how many see it's really, it's a major multiplication. It's not just addition. So don't think you being there doesn't matter. If you're there and you're living right for God and and you and you come in agreement as touching and you believe what God is doing, it's powerful. You haven't wasted your time. And if you're not the one who's speaking or seeing something, you're still the one coming in agreement to release 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000s 10, of angels, amen? And I just want to thank those who've come. We, we don't know. Think if the whole church would seriously take Powerful intercession to heart. You know, the scripture God gave me, gave me again this morning in Zechariah about, so few take it to heart. Do you know this would have been won by now for our nation if if more people would take it to heart? Amen? And I'm just going to say, because everybody, well, what's God doing? Can I tell you how God set this up? He set up planet Earth as an interaction. Between, the, between man made in his image and likeness and God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the angelic realm. Okay, I want you to see how this works. So, he set it up that way. He set it up that his church, which are the people who have his spirit in them. They are the church. That those people take authority on planet earth. And they have authority where he gives them authority. You have authority where you live. You have authority with your family. You have authority where you've overcome. There's places you have authority. You have authority where he gives you authority. Amen. He can give you supernatural faith. And you have authority there. Amen. And it's real. And the way he set it up is. You've got to do your part. You've got to do your part. And that's fun. That, that's what this is all about. It's about being in his kingdom and not being weighed down with world's problems and what the devil's doing and all this. Who cares? Get up high and see what God's doing. Release what he has for you to release. Do what he has for you to do. Do it. It's so exciting. It's so exciting to watch the stuff come to pass. How powerful would it be if all church, all born again believers, the church, would take the time to come together in powerful prayer and release an um, angelic host. You got witches all over the place releasing their little demons and mess and attacking. And the church has got to raise up. And I, I will just say, I, I'm very pleased with what God has done at Beauty Fresh. I'm very pleased with those who've come, you know, some night for a lot of times we had fifteen to twenty people, which doesn't sound like much, but do the math of the people praying that kind of power. But wow, if we could have 27, if we could have 30 or 50. And so I hope people don't take lightly uh, Friday nights. I'd rather you come on a Friday than a Tuesday or a Sunday. If you want to change the nation. Amen? If you want to stop us from becoming a goat nation. And stop us from becoming a person. And stop this craziness. Uh, It's too late to tell Beauty for Ashes that we're all a bunch of racists. We are the most inner city. We all are, we have so many interracial couples and kids and everything. You can't, it's too late. Too late. We already figured out where the human race and skin color doesn't matter unless you need to live somewhere where you better have dark skin to handle the sun and you better have this and that God knows what he's doing and how cool is diversity because God is the one who created us in his image and his likeness and decided what we're going to look like. Amen. And so it's like, none of that, that, that's like, doesn't even try to get, we're too awakened to woke, amen? We, we've been awakened, so we're not going to woke. We're just going to stay awakened. But we're praying for the church to awaken, amen? We're praying for the church to awaken. So I just want to encourage you, I know everybody can't come every time, but you can't participate online with intercession. I mean, you can, some, but we don't show it, it's, it would be, uh, per, it would be, um, Pearl before swine, and we don't want somebody taking it and trampling it. And plus, we you never know what's going to happen. It, believe me, it's not a stand up usually and say, Please pray for our uncle such and such. Hey, he's got, and then, then the next person stands up and prays what you just said. Just pray it yourself if you're going to say it, amen. But we do prophetic warfare, we do, um. The uh, Ezekiel kind of anointing where we see things in the spirit and we act them out. So get ready because one thing we're going to be doing this Sunday or Saturday, Friday, this Friday night, we are going to be doing um, every underhanded thing that the enemy puts his hand to from this moment on, he's going to be caught red handed. So we're going to find some picture of a red hand or something. If anybody has a red glove, bring it. Amen? If anybody has a red glove, bring your red glove. Because we're going to do a prophetic. Red hand In other words, they can't cover it up. They're going to be caught in the act. And do you want to know what the enemy's up to? The enemy, just, just if you like. How many like the freedom of not wearing masks right now? How many like the freedom of how quickly things are kind of going back to, to American style normal? Amen? Well, do you know that the enemy... Using people in high places is planning a new attack of the same thing to close us down. Ho! do you know it's already happening in other countries? Do you know that in Israel, 40% of people who've been vaccinated have gotten the new strand of COVID? You didn't know that. Well, guess what? The reason we are unmasked has nothing to do with anything except knowing how to pray. And guess what? They can't take that away from us. So I'm going to tell you what we're doing Friday and I hope you come. And Nicole will get a hold of this. We're going to take every single state and we need to write the state's name on a piece of paper. We are going to take, if we have enough we'll do the whole thing at one time, but we are going to stand with that piece of paper. See God's already told me what we're doing. We're going to stand with that piece of paper and we are going to stop the destroyer From coming on our land anymore. We're going to start with the whole coast. We're going to go around the entire country. Then we're going to do the middle area. We are going to take authority. Against this attack. And any body behind it. Whether they're from another country. Or this country. Or a combination. Is going to be caught red handed. Amen. Because of prayer. Now it would be awesome. If we could fill this place up with people praying. It would go a lot faster. It would be great if we actually had somebody for every state. But we'll do it. If I have to do all 50 states myself and be here by myself, I will. Amen? But I'm just telling you, it's time to be serious. Because what time do you think? Well, I don't have time. Well, do you have time to sit at home again while they close down everything? Because they're planning it. Okay? It's being planned. All right? And it's not a little plan. They planned it for this winter and it didn't happen. I'm going to tell you why. Prayer. I'm gonna tell you why, prayer. And now's not the time for everybody to lean back. That's why this prophecy is so point. Now's the time to get focused. Like when you're in a battle, let's just use a football game, like y'all know me in sports. If you're in a football game and you need that touchdown to win, and the clock is running out, you had better focus. On catch, you know, whoever, whatever they do, they throw the ball between their legs or so they kick it. I don't know what they do. Somebody grabs the ball and they have to run the correct way to the goalposts or whatever those things are. And they can't let anybody knock them down. They got to get past there. Their time's running out. They've got to get the touchdown if it's that close. Amen. Can I tell you it's that close? Can I tell you it's that close? And let me tell you, when I was saying before, when God made this interactive It means a whole generation can miss it. He'll still have his way. He will still have what the word declares in all the prophecies. But it doesn't mean it has to happen on our watch. How many would like for our watch not to go into the dark ages? How many would like for our watch to get out of the mess that our watch has let us get into? Well, then we better pray. And we better be serious. Tuesday nights, what are we doing Tuesday nights? I've been doing. We are humbling ourselves. We're getting before God, dealing with heart issues, and repenting for real, and getting free, and turning from wickedness. Why? So, he will heal our land, which for us, we've been doing this for years, that includes our families, our health, everything that's real to us personally, healing the broken hearted places, humbling yourself, all these things brings victory. Amen? Amen. And how much more if the nation would do it, the church would do it for the nation? I just want you to understand what's going on. All right. For the Lord showed me that many have been distracted in the season with heavy weights on their hearts, with pain, grief, trauma, and disappointment. But at the feet of Jesus, he's untangling the heart from these things, bringing healing and refreshing deliverance. That's what our Tuesday nights are. I heard the Lord say, Beware of the bait. Uh-oh, we better get Greg to listen to this. I saw a fishing rod with a hook on the end. I want you to start looking at Jesus, but be understanding, oh, that's just a temptation from the enemy. That's the bait of the enemy. He's just trying to not get me not to come to pray Friday night. He's just trying to get me not to deal with that heart issue. He's just trying to get me... That, can, can we just... God can handle everything. Quit trying to be so in control. If you need to be at a meeting and you think well I got work in the morning how am I going to get up early you know what God will get your butt up early amen he's amazing I've lived on two or three hours of sleep before many times and felt solely refreshed because God can take two hours or less and make it like an all night sleep we've got to quit being um, you know in that place of the enemy leading us period these are serious times and how many know? I would like to, not to get terrible before people recognize how serious it is. It's already terrible for some places, but not here. Amen. Can can anybody else figure out that it's been prayer that has kept the um, people who hate history from destroying one of the most historical areas in our country? There's been prayer walks. Prayer walks where Patrick Henry did his give me liberty or give me death thing. There's been prayer walks around Colonial Williamsburg like you wouldn't believe for years. Amen? Does anybody think that possibly the enemy does not like what happens in Colonial Williamsburg and shows history? Except they didn't wear face masks back then. Boy, we'll see how much. You may have to watch this at (laughs) beautyforashes.org. Amen? Amen? Do you get what I'm saying? Prayer works, people. We are in Hampton Roads. Do y'all get this? We have more colleges that want everybody to be woke. We have more. Okay. In the Hampton Roads area, if you are of the skin color Caucasian or the skin color uh, black, African, you are not a minority here. Almost everywhere in Hampton Roads is about 50-50, 60-50. So you have no idea. Go, if you want to see what being a minority is, you know, whichever color you are, go somewhere where the entire area is the other color. Okay, we don't even know. Everyone's, I don't care about morning grits. In this area, even when I was a kid and I'm old, Our area has been a very almost half and half African American and Caucasian, with and then we have quite a bit of, um, you know, Latinos and and, uh, we even have Filipinos and everything. Why? Because it's a military area for one thing, and people come here, live like it, and they stay. And they don't really care that we have people of all different colors. Now, I'm not saying that. That everything isn't getting mixed, I'm not saying that there hasn't been this neighborhood separated from that neighborhood and this and that, and that's being changed over time. Amen, but I am saying <laughs> we've had to learn to get along I don't want to go backwards amen, I don't want to go backwards to race fights in schools, amen, which was when I was in school amen i'm sure there's I'm sure there's not a uh, An older black person in here who says they want to go back to the way things were when they were a teenager. Amen. I don't want to go back to the way things were when I was a teenager. So we need to pray. The enemy is trying to reverse things in this nation. And the places that are going to be affected the most are places like Hampton Roads. Do you think a community that's almost all white or a community that's really all black that they're going to be affected as much as a place that is so intermingled as, as as our area? But do you understand the authority we have because of that? We've already worked through most of this. We have the authority, you guys. We have the authority to pray this for our nation, to pray this for our state. And you know what? We are not going to let a lot of people who live in behind big in fancy buildings with gated communities, sit here and try to destroy us in Virginia. Amen? They don't have a clue because they don't care. They care about one thing keeping their political position. And so we're just going to wake up. Amen? We're going to awaken and we're going to help our kids wake up. And we've missed it. Our generation church has missed it. And we let our kids be raised in school systems that are not teaching them what we want taught. We need to watch God shake everything. We need, need, uh, if anybody really cares, then we would have it where parents would be able to raise their children and still make decent incomes. And, and think of all, think of what they've had to do in 2020 that they were able to do. Keep businesses open, parents stay at home, you're with your kids, you're watching what they're doing. Who couldn't have used all the money that they've thrown down the tubes on this thing that they let in this nation probably purposely to help families be able to raise their kids and have incomes and have decent jobs? Is anybody else extremely tired of how they're wasting money? By the millions and trillions, why we need to really start praying in that somebody with some responsible, true actions will use this money. It's ridiculous. If they care, why do you take all of our money and flush it down the toilet to destroy us? Just to be honest, you know what? We need the nation to awaken. We need an awakening in the church that's going to cause an awakening in the nation as to what is really going on. Whether they find Christ or not. Amen? God is going to save this nation. So don't listen to anybody who says he's not. Amen? Amen? He's going to save this nation. I, bl- I didn't know I was going to be so prophetic tonight, but I guess I will. We are going to go through some shaking, everybody. Okay? So if you're following, wow, well, everything's going to be great. It's wonderful. They got part of the picture. And if you're following, oh, get ready. All this horrible thing's going to happen. You're following part of the picture. Amen? I live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We had better all get in that kingdom. I live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> Amen? But don't, Don't pretend that it's not going to be some shaking going on because God wants everything shaken that needs to be shaken. Amen? And there's a lot that needs to be shaken in the church and a lot that needs to be shaken in Virginia and a lot that needs to be shaken in our nation. But everything righteous should stand. Amen? Everything righteous should stand. We need our entire school system shaken. Amen? Completely shaken. We need the work Systems shaken completely not with evil whispering crazy people acting like leaders (laughs) i won't even go (laughs) (laughs) i have never in my entire life seen such blatant in your face spiritual things happening it's almost it's like we've walked it's almost like it's almost like we've all stepped right into uh a new air in the, in the spiritual realm. We have. And you're watching things you can't believe. Let me, let me just tell you. Okay. I, I don't know why I'm doing all this. Am I being distracting? No. <laughs> Guys, like don't be distracted from what we're really doing tonight. When my son was so sick, and we took him to a hospital, I won't say where, we took him to a hospital, a very known hospital. We had to rush him to the hospital. He was, he had, it's the end of my book, Joy Comes in the Morning. But he had permanent brain, liver, and lung damage. And he had chicken pox that was eating up his brain. And it just kept destroying his brain, which is called, what is it when you have that in your brain? Um, encephalitis. Is it called encephalitis? Something like that. When you have an infection in your brain, and it just, there, there's nothing they can do to stop it. They don't know why it stops or what, but they watch to see how much damage there is. And so my husband and I were informed that. You know, he had intense. Let me tell you how cool God is. Before we went to rush him, was at that, that time he said so many things. No, this was a different. That was something different. When God made me go blind, <laughs> that was when they were going to tell cancer. Anyhow, so this time we have him up at this hospital, and um, and and he gets. Is it that one or the other? I'm oh, sorry. He went through so many different things. I'm just trying to get the stories right in the book. Anyway, one of the times that he was up at the hospital, and it was—I think it was this time with the, inf- with the thing going on—they thought for sure he was—if he lived, he was going to be like an invalid, like a little baby, the rest of his life. And anyway, I won't get into the whole story. You can go check it out: spiritual side of tragedy on the YouTube channel or at our um, probably on our um, probably YouTube channel is the best place to find it, or on the mentorship. But here's what the doctor looked at me when we were taking him home. And um, actually, this is when his blood got really low. This was not the... This is. This happened after the first thing I was talking about. His blood levels got really low. So they rushed him to this hospital. This is the last time I'd ever taken him to the hospital. They rushed him up to this hospital. This was not the time with the brain damage and all that. God healed that. That's in my book, Joy Comes to mind. This was the next attack. Anyway... That doctor, when we went and prayed and and we made it so what they were saying he had couldn't happen. The doctor looked at me, used the name of a little boy who had died in my arms. in in this in the same hospital, and with a different voice, with a different voice than not even a woman's voice said, just like using that little kid's name, just like. Your son will be back. A devil talked right through a doctor to me. That my son would be back. And he had been in critical condition. This is when his blood levels were really low. And um, I'm just telling you, we are living in those kind of times. We are living in those kind of times where you can hear the devil talk through politicians. Hear the devil talk through this person who's sitting in the White House. Hear the devil blatantly threatening. And so when you hear these whispers and these weird things, it's demons talking for real. It's amazing. It's like, wow, we are living we are living in a time when the enemy's not trying to hide. Amen? He's just like right out there. Well, why would that be? Because we've got Baal temples all over. We're murdering babies left and right. Mm. If you want to know who cares about black people, then find out who hates abortion. What on earth? What is wrong? Wake up, everybody. What is wrong with telling somebody your baby has no value at all? Just kill it. All the way. You want to see disgusting? That we would even begin to let somebody, the demons, wanting that like they did in in um, the gates of hell. The scripture talks about the gates of hell. It's a real place in Israel where they they actually threw the babies in as sacrifices and young kids until they saw blood coming up out of the water. When they when they put enough babies in the gates of hell, then the little bit of the Nile or not the Nile. Um, what's the river and the Jordan River? When enough of it. Was filled, the blood would come up over the altar, and then they'd say, "Okay, we've satisfied that demon." That's the same demon behind abortion. Ho! And the demon's not satisfied anymore with babies from the womb. He wants them out of the womb, and the parents literally sacrifice them. Can I tell you something? We got to take Virginia back. We got to take Virginia back. We got to get rid of this fear again to slavery that keeps people in bondage to voting with their hearts led by God. Amen. Anyway, so you ought to come on Friday. All right. I heard the Lord say, beware of the bait. I saw a fishing rod with a hook on the end. On the end of this hook were things that sparkled and shined. They were things that weren't necessarily bad. But I knew in my spirit they were good things that the enemy was using to bring before the eyes of many to distract them from the pathway of the Lord in this season. They sparkled and shined with the voice of an easier way, because many that are walking are pioneering trails that are against the grain and the temptation to leave this pathway and follow things that are sparkling and shiny is an easier path. But it was not the way of the Lord for this season. As I watched this taking place in the vision, I heard the words, Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Again, I was surrounded by the importance of this season to make sure alignments, assignments, and where we place our yes is a place directed by the Lord. The Lord said, "Expand." When the Lord spoke the word "expand," I was surrounded by such a strong sense of the focus of faith. I have had many, many encounters of the last year where the Lord has been speaking of make room, declutter, get things in order to prepare for a new move of His Spirit in our midst. I just want to tell you, I I was really had an awesome time with the Lord about four in the morning. Just amazing. Gosh, I love Him. He's so awesome. He's teaching me Zachariah. Holy Spirit was teaching me Zachariah, And then and he started showing me. And then the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came, the Lord himself. And he was like talking about Zechariah where he's seated on the throne in Israel, in Jerusalem. And that he himself is going to be on that throne. And he goes, Cindy, I can't wait to get on that throne. I can't wait for this next thousand years. This next thousand years where I'm going to be on the throne. And you're going to be with me. And he showed me the whole, the new Jerusalem. Everybody want to understand the bride of Christ? He was just giving this to me last night, just so you know. Dave, say, it's a city. You remember he says, and you'll see new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, right? Do you know why it's a city? Do you want to know why it's a city? Because... The bride, those who are the closest to him, not everybody, those who completely give their lives completely to him and let him perfect them and change them through all generations are going to live in the city of the new Jerusalem. We will be the closest to his throne during eternity, but even those thousand year reigns. He is going, y'all can live in the outer parts if you want. I want to live right there, amen? I want to live right there, amen? He is a reward of those who diligently seek him. He's going to have those the closest to him in his new Jerusalem. And that's why he says, see my bride? And and it says, new Jerusalem coming down. I don't know about you, but my address is going to be new Jerusalem. How do you know? Because I am in love with the Lord. I tell him, Lord, do whatever you want. Whatever the devil has no authority, but God, whatever you want to do with my life, do it. And the Lord was just telling me about the apostolic outpouring that's coming. He was telling me to pray out of Zechariah for the spirit, the spirit of grace and supplication that's in his word to come. This is what we're doing Friday, also. Amen. I mean, this Friday we are doing specifically what he came and told me to do. How many can get excited about doing what he himself comes by his spirit to tell us to do? Anyway, he's so wonderful. He's just so awesome. I'm getting so excited. He tell me he told me I'm coming sooner than you really think. Are you ready? Do you want to be ready? You need to let go of everything. Get focused get focused on him and his kingdom get focused on what does he want for your life guys you enter into that rest he takes care of everything else i cleaned my entire house in 2 hours the other day and enjoyed it that takes grace Amen. anybody knows I you try to clean that house when you don't want to clean that house and then you look for distraction right But all of a sudden, he'll take care of everything. He'll take care of everything. We just have to trust him and let him. He's like, don't try to do this without me. Don't even try to do this in charge. Just do what I'm doing. Let's just do this together. Amen? So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what he's going to do as he expands what he's doing here. The time when the Lord spoke the word expand, it came with a stronger weight. It came with a greater sense of increase. I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's time to rearrange for the new page. God is about to write something new within your midst. I saw the revealing of a greater clarity of the written vision of his heart into your midst. Starting this week, it is imperative that you make room for what God is writing and releasing. There is a new page that God is leading many of you onto. And if you do not partner with the Holy Spirit in the decluttering, rearranging process, it will hinder the process and the flow. God is going to speak many specific ways to rearrange and expand in greater increase from this week on. It is an expansion for the increase of the move of his spirit and increase of harvest and souls to come into the kingdom. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood out of Isaiah 54 enlarge the site of your tent stretch out the curtains of your dwelling do not hold back lengthen your ropes drive your stakes in deep for you will spread out in the right and left your descendants will de- um, possess the nation inhabit the desolate cities do not be afraid for you will not be put to shame do not be intimidated for you will not be humiliated for you will forget the shame of your youth and will remember no more the reproach of your widowhood expand, expand and his spirit will fill in Fill it. The move of the Spirit will fill it. I just really feel an anointing right now. God is going to supernaturally right now take every bit of your shame from what has happened to you and what you've participated in the past. Every bit of it. Are you going to let him? Are you going to let him? Whoa! Close your eyes. There are angels in this room right now to take your shame. For you never to revisit it. When you speak of your testimonies you will speak of what the Lord has done. Your focus will be on what the Lord has done not on what the enemy did. The Lord is changing your focus. When your focus is through shame then you recount what the enemy did. You glorify the devil. You make him look big to other people because in your heart he still has a place occupied by shame. Jesus Christ carried your shame. I hear the Lord saying some of you were shamed by things that weren't even shameful. Some of you were shamed by what your gender was, what your skin color was, what your education level was. Some of you were shamed by what your mother did or your father did or didn't do. And I just see the Lord now he's going to take all that shame. He's just going to take it. You're going to see things different. You're going to see things from what he did. Not what the enemy did. How he set you free. How he drew you to him. How he called you his own. How he made things right. How he caused you to forgive. How he cleansed you. How he healed you. How he delivered you. How great he is. How great is your God. How great is your God. No weapon formed against you can prosper any longer. Father, right now, we just come in agreement with heaven. We come in agreement with you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to take away shame. Every little bit. Shame where people (sighs) yielded to the enemy and hurt people in the way they parented, in the way they handled relationships, Father, in the way they handled other people's lives. God, right now, For those who've had abortions, for those who've been involved with with evil things. God's taken the shame off of that. He's taken the shame off of that. He's taken the shame off. That was like just a testimony. Look how good God is. If he could do this for me, he can do this for you. If he could carry my song grief, he'll carry your song grief. If he could set me free from perversion, he can set you free from perversion. If he could take away the, the desires for alcohol, overeating, drugs, he could take those away for you. He could do this for you. He could do this for you. Jesus loves you. He could do this for you. He carried your shame. And now he releases. He releases his favor. He releases his favor. I want everyone here to say with all your heart, I am favored by God. God. Say it like you mean it, I I am favored by God. I break off the lie that some of you still have, that God's not favoring you. And there's a hidden shame there. You were shamed by a parent. You were shamed by some a school teacher. You were shamed and called names. And and you didn't even understand it. But it wounded you deep, deep, deep inside your heart. You have no idea why it hurt so bad. But it was a spirit of shame released. We have teaching on our mentorship uh, on shame at beautyfrashes.org. You can go there and participate in that to go deeper in this. But I just feel like the Lord is just busting through some people's shame you had relationships some of them were forced on you and some of them you just participated in that were full of shame God try God will never normalize filth and shame what is shameful is shameful, amen but whom he sets free is free Whom he sets free is free. I want you to say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And these old things have passed away. These old things things that shamed me, these old things things I identified with, they've they've passed away. They're under the blood. I've been redeemed. I'm not waiting to be redeemed I have been redeemed and I agree with God I've been redeemed I have been redeemed I have been been crucified with Christ all those shameful things all those lies spoken over me All those things that tried to pervert me. They've been crucified. With Christ. They're dead. They're gone. They're in the old man. I'm no longer. Married to sin. I am now one with Christ. He is my new husband. The old husband has passed away the husband of sin, the relationship with sin is over. It's dead. It can't come back because it's dead and buried. And I am now one with Christ. A new creation in Christ Jesus where there is no shame. Just joy unspeakable. Full of glory. I am who he says I am. Made in his image and his likeness. And I receive that freedom right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whoa. I thought on Sunday it was really cool how Caleb gave his testimony because he did it without shame. He did it without glorifying the enemy. Amen? He just talked about who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. I want you to change all of your focus to who Jesus is and what he's done. Don't let the enemy take your thoughts back to this happen. Say, oh, but Jesus healed me from that. Thank God he died on that cross for me. Thank God he set me free. Oh, he showed me that I'm wonderfully made in his image and his likeness. He has caused me to forgive everyone who tried to hurt me. He's just amazing. Amen? Let me tell you, people, you've got to say it the way God says it. You ca- you speak from your heart. So you begin to agree with God and what he says, and you sh- make yourself speak it that way. And believe it or not, you'll hear yourself speaking what he says, which is truth, amen? And pretty soon, you won't even know why, but you'll all of a sudden believe it. And part of it, you're sowing that into your own life. You're sowing that into your own life. And you're no longer going to dig up... What the enemy sold into your life. The Holy Spirit can take you back somewhere. But when he takes you back to an experience, he shows you his faithfulness. Amen. He shows you what he, how he was rescued. he shows you that he set up everything to bring you to where you are today. Amen. Amen. Because the enemy lies and says God wasn't there. God's always there. Amen. We're not going to get in all that. There's a lot of teaching on the mentorship about it. But, but we've got to agree with God. Our part is simple. Agree with God. Agree with God. Agree with God. And anything in you that doesn't agree with God needs to come out of you. <laughs> Amen? That's how you can tell. If you already decide 100%, I'm going to agree with God. And then something comes up that doesn't agree with God and his word. That's not you. That's what you need to renounce. That's what you need to tell to go away. That's what you need to talk to God about. God, there's something in me that wants me to believe that I believe this lie. And I don't believe the lie. I believe you. So help me figure out how to get this thing out. You will be tormented if you agree with the devil. Do you get that? <laughs> I mean, that's just facts. You will be tormented if you agree with the devil. You will live in peace if you agree with God. The more you agree with the devil, the more tormented you'll be. The more med you'll be on for it. Or take on some addiction thing. The more you agree with God. The more peace you're going to have. So you have to recognize. Whatever in me. Doesn't agree with God. Has to get out. That's called deliverance. Amen. And whatever now is telling you. It doesn't work for you. Disagree with that. How dare you. Devil. Tell me that God's power doesn't work. How dare you tell me that it's not for me? I'm not an exception to his great unconditional love. In Jesus' name, devil, shut up and get out. Ever since I exposed distraction the other day, I haven't had one distraction. I'll have, real thought. I'll have normal thoughts like, do I want to go eat now? Not a really good lunch today. Amen. But, but it's just in his peace. It's hanging out with God the whole time. It's still getting everything done that he wants done. Amen? Do not be afraid, for you will not be put to shame. Do not be intimidated, for you will not be humiliated. For you will forget the shame of your youth. You will remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. That's from Isaiah 54. Expand, 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 and his spirit will fill in. The move of his spirit will fill in. Focus, focus with great intentionality, focus with accuracy, focus, hone in on focus on what God has spoken, is speaking and his promises. He is separating, sifting, realigning, changing, shifting, decluttering and removing in your life to make room for the increased move of his spirit for the manifestation of that which he has spoken. Whew. Make sure in your notebooks you take some time, whether we get time tonight or when you get along with God, write down what God has promised you so you can start to focus. Write down anything. Even in the past, it didn't seem like it's going to happen of callings that you felt. Like, Lord, I really felt like I was going to be involved with children's ministry. I really felt like I was going to preach or I was going to be on the worship team or I was going to dance before the Lord or whatever these things are. Amen? Whatever these promises are, write them down. Don't be distracted from what has he promised you. Has anybody noticed who's known me for years and years and years? I still believe what he's promised me. And it's so much more than anything I've seen yet. I mean, when he gave me the beach house, it was so cool because it's like, you promised me this and I wasn't even overly thinking about this or even seeing this is that big of a deal to get. How many saw the devil try to come and steal it, but he lost? Amen. The greatest thing about the Beach House to me, besides the ministry we get to do there, is that was the Lord saying, here, I'm giving you this first. And everything else I promised you is coming. Everything else I promised you is coming. So you have to know what has he promised you. Instead of just getting in your groups and talking about your problems, maybe get in your groups and talk about your vision. This place is going to be filled up but not with people I'm going to pastor because I'm not a pastor. It's going to be filled up with people being trained and equipped to go into ministry. That doesn't mean you have to be in the five-fold ministry. It means when you walk out these doors you're going to be light and darkness. You're going to know how to destroy a demon. Amen. You're going to know how to heal the sick. You're going to know how to intercede and pray. You're going to know who you are in Christ. You're going to know how to talk to that person. God brings us, stand beside you in the grocery store. You're going to raise up. But God is about to bring in people who are called to full-time ministry. So get ready. They're coming. Some of you are them. Not everybody is, but some of you are. Some are already being stirred back up into the giftings and the callings he's given them. Even as they're in, He's not talking about everybody being the church ministering. Amen? But if he is calling you to do that, then be ready. Amen? Lord, what is it? Some of you have got to get so free from your day-to-day lives and, and your problems to sit down and say, what, are, what have you promised me, God? I can tell you everything he's promised me. Some of you don't even know. So I would say to begin with, spend some time with God and find out what he's promised you. And quit looking at the day-to-day problems. If all he's promised you is that he'll pay your bills this week, well, praise God, but I'm sure he put you on the earth for more than just paying your bills this week. Lord, what have I overcome? What have I overcome by your power that I could help others overcome? Amen? All right. Walking in obedience to focus and expand as he is leading is making room also for the trees of life. They are making room for the manifestation of what God has spoken. Even if you feel like you're the only one standing on what God has spoken, even when it looks impossible, keep standing. God is going to fill those places of impossibility with places of miracles and overturned impossibilities. But you must focus. By faith in what he has spoken, promised and followed where he is leading. It's not getting everything perfect. It's about faith. It's about believing what he has said and staying aligned with him. There's a joy in the breakthroughs and the move of the spirit before you that you have not yet known. A turning of grief and sorrow to joy and freedom. Expand focus and hone in. The wave is upon you. So that was pretty cool that somebody saw that. Carrie saw that and sent that to me today. And and when you get in the scriptures about distraction, which we'll do really fast, believe me, it's not hardly any scriptures with the word distraction in it. But the one that is, there's kind of cool. 1 Corinthians 7, 35. Now I say this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote proper and constant service to the Lord without distraction. Let me go to the literal... And I say this for your advantage, not that I put a snare before you, but for the fitting thing, and waiting on the Lord without distraction. And then he goes on and talks about if anyone thinks they're behaving indecently towards their uh, virgin, or the person they're dating that should be a virgin, if she is beyond her prime, so it ought to be, let him do what he desires. He does not sin, let him marry. God is so specific in Scripture. I don't know why we all play all these games with what the culture says. God's really clear. God says, look, if you don't want to marry, if you want to live your whole life sold out to God, not because you have walls and bondages and, and you treat people wrong and you're afraid of commitment. People twist Scripture. It's not about that. This is about somebody so sold out that they're just living completely for God, 100% for God, and, and they don't want the distraction of being married. And Paul's saying, good, don't be distracted. But he's also saying, but if she's getting older and she wants children, all these things, then, then do what's right. In other words, don't play games. And then he goes on and talks about the woman who's married. Everybody's looking around for another husband, or one to begin with. It says, but he who stands firm in heart, not having necessity, but has authority to his own will, and it's just this in his heart. To keep his virginity, he does well. He's basically saying, if if you can live without passion blaring in you to be intimate with someone else, then fine. Put all that energy towards God. So he that gives in marriage does well, and he that does not give in marriage does better, according to Paul. He goes, a wife is bound by law for as long as time as her husband lives. But if her husband falls asleep or goes to be the Lord, she's free to be married to whomever she desires, who is in the Lord. He goes, but I think she's happier if she remains free, according to my judgment. I think I have the Spirit of God. Which basically, he's not giving you, Holy Spirit says you can't remarry once, once your um, husband has gone to be with the Lord. Now remember, they're not even considering our culture of all this divorce and all this screwed up mess and all this kind of stuff. They weren't talking into that culture. Amen? So you got to get back in this culture and say, what would God say now and mean it? First of all, he would say, if you've been divorced, you need to get a complete do-over by the Holy Spirit and find out why. Before you even date again. and if you date again before you do that it's a distraction so he's talking here about the enemy's going to distract you with stuff that takes you out of doing God's will amen in the scripture he says to the woman who's not married you know she can just serve God serve God but to the woman who is married she needs to serve her husband So he's not telling you, if you're married, then you're not going to be 100% able to just serve God. Which is fine, just know it. Because he's looking at how you handle the marriage. And he's not against marriage, amen? God came up with the idea. But when you look at distraction, it's anything the enemy's sending to get you out of God's will. So, if I'm distracted, if I'm running the race we're talking about, right, I'm running the race for the high calling in Christ Jesus. I want the high calling. Amen? I want the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to just get by, I'm not trying just to barely get into heaven. And maybe you are, that's fine. You run your race, I'll run mine. Amen? I want the high calling. It's not because I'm super ambitious, I'm actually not ambitious at all. I've never been extremely competitive. I just want all that God has. Amen? So I I just really want the high calling in Christ. So I've got to run that race. And mean it. That doesn't mean that I put more work into it. Like works of the flesh. Amen? It means I yield to Holy Spirit. And so a distraction will come along. And I'm not saying I don't get distracted. Uh, the enemy was really trying to hit me with distractions recently, like oh, don't do this, don't do that. I, I'm sometimes, especially Friday nights, when we all get in here, and the few people come in late and they're talking and this and that, and it's almost like you feel like no anointing. Like how you know what's going on here? You know what it is? Because the devil wants to distract us from being focused on what God wants to do with Friday nights. We actually had almost um. Uh, a little bit of a church split way back because there were some really good things going on on Friday night. There was a group that had um, inner healing and deliverance and anointed and all that. Nothing wrong at all with, for the most part, with what the group was doing. The problem was the group wouldn't come over for Bible study, for, for intercession. And they'd stay over there talking about their problems and their issues and all this stuff, which is what we do on Tuesday nights. And so what happened is Friday night prayer group fell apart. Because if they did the group did come back over, and it was a pretty big group, then they would be sidetracked and they would be distracted with what they were just talking about, what they were just doing, what somebody else said or shared. Even to the point where people were texting each other back and forth instead of coming in agreement with what we were praying about and God really had me come down on it because it was a distraction amen it was a distraction to what he wanted to do on Friday nights thank God he stopped that distraction amen even though it's costly to stop distractions because those are good friends those are good tithers a lot of those people you know I still see care about all of them and they're all welcome back here. But it's going to be everybody flowing together with what God's called us to do. Amen? And, and I had to step, I had to see where I allowed the distraction to come. Because I wanted people to get help. Well, Tuesday nights is for that. And, and let me say, it was a distraction. If you're distracted, even by something good... If you can't come together in unity and agreement for prayer. For the nation. For the church. For the things on God's heart. Friday night is not the night you come in here for personal prayer. Although we do that sometimes. Friday night is actually. It takes an unselfish person. And somebody who's not so self-centered. To actually come together and take time out. To pray for something that's not upfront and personal. Even though truthfully it is. Amen. That the nation succeed. But but many times we've been doing this for years when it wasn't about anything as intense as, as last year. God says, My house shall be called a house of prayer. I, I don't even understand anyone being in a prayerless church. If God calls his house a house of prayer, it's his priority. Why Because he knows He says, as two or three you c- come together in my name, look what we can do. And it's fun. I mean, I think it's fun. How many have been on Friday nights and really think it's fun because you never know what Holy Spirit's going to do and how he's going to do it and what we're going to watch and who else is coming in agreement with it. And I know everybody can't come. you can't come to church all the time, some of you, especially if you have families now, I get that. but you need to pray, which things should I go to? When should I be? what should I do? And see what the Lord leads. Amen? He's really pushing prayer again around here. I I believe this whole thing about focus and not being distracted. If the church doesn't rise up and take this to the finish line. And then wonders what happened. You got half the church, not half, you got a part of the church that they don't even know anything. I'll be honest, they're they're like babies. They have no idea what's going on. But they're born again. Then you have half of the church who's supposed to be the mature part of the church um, preparing the bride who doesn't get what he's doing with the other part of the prophetic. And so I don't know, they're they're not, they just don't even see it. It's like, what's happened to our elder brothers and sisters that they don't see? how you want us to pray right now. Like it's almost like there's no faith left for anything big like the Bible to happen. And then you have our other brothers and sisters who are all excited at doing warfare and yelling and screaming and doing all kinds of cool things. Yet many of them have not had one second of truly humbling themselves and repenting. So you look at all this going, my goodness Lord, what are, what are we doing? And this one, the Holy Spirit, tell me I am that I am. I know what I'm doing. Just do what I show you. Okay. (laughs) All right. I will. How many can say, I can do that? I'm just going to do what he shows me. I'm just going to do, I I, I will tell you this. I don't know how God did this. Somehow in 2020, for one thing, he gave me 2020 vision. Isn't that cool? I've worn glasses since I was, um, just for driving, well, I couldn't drive when I was ten or ten or twelve. When I got glasses, fifth or sixth grade, I got glasses. However old you are, and um, and I only needed them to see long distance. So I hardly ever wore them. But then, when I got my driver's license at sixteen, I had to wear them when I drove. Um, but all of a sudden, in twenty twenty, I had twenty twenty vision. Like I could see better without them on when I was driving. Isn't that kind of funny? Kind of prophetic. I'm going to give you twenty twenty vision to see clear. And that's been over a year now. How cool is God? He's too cool. I'm telling you, he's so fun. He's just so fun. He's like, I'm just going to give you 2020 vision. I mean, we're talking like 50 years of wearing the same prescription. Mine didn't change much for 50 years. That in itself is pretty miraculous. And then all of a sudden, I don't need them anymore. It was so weird first getting in a car and not putting glasses on to drive home at night. This is funny. I still wear sunglasses so it doesn't seem that much difference in the day. But anyway, I'm just saying God is so cool. And the Lord's like, we're going to really start to fine tune what we're doing here and how we're doing it and what we're going to do. And we're going to get everybody in the race. This is your year. I'm just telling you this. This is your year to let go of everything but running the race. Not being impressed with somebody else's race. Being impressed with your race. Amen? Making time to hear God. To walk with God. To, k- to hang out with God. I know some of you have done this and some of you get too busy. Take time to hang out with Him. Some of you have done it but you've walked away from it. Some of you have never done it. Like what do you mean? I mean like get up in the morning and say well hello Good morning, Holy Spirit's a really good book to read for this. He, he kind of gets like, if you stay away this long, you got to do this. Don't get into all that part. But the whole idea that you can actually walk with God, hear God, and talk with God is quite amazing. Amen? And it's for everyone. I'm going to tell you, if you got something that tries to block you from this, I'd be having so much conversation with God to get rid of that thing. I would be agreeing with it. I'd be like, Holy Spirit, this devil... I'm not sure how I got it. I'm not sure where it's coming from. I know this. It's trying to say that I don't get to hear you like that. It's trying to say that I don't get to experience you like that. That thing is a liar. Now let me say, if you're agreeing with that thing, well, it's just not for me. Okay, it's not. You just made sure. Do you understand? You, life and death is in your tongue. You are going to reap what you sow. How, How many know when I had to fight... Led by Holy Spirit for my son's life for how many? 15, 16 years. I never, ever, ever, by God's grace, agreed with the devil against his life. Amen? Do not agree with the devil against your walk with God. Amen? Don't agree with the devil. Why would you agree with the devil about anything and expect anything good? Okay? When God... Made us in his image and his likeness. We get to choose who we agree with. We get to choose. You get to choose. It's not what you feel. He doesn't say, well, how do you feel about this? He never ask you how you feel about it. He's truth. You think he's going to, hey, how about you? How do you feel about this truth? Well, Lord, I don't really know if I agree with that truth. Like, <laughs> Could you explain why you don't agree with my truth? Because I just don't feel it. How many knows that's not going to go over well? He didn't ask you what you feel. Amen? He asked you what do you believe so if we're going to run this race, we have to believe what God believes. I will tell you, everything changes the minute you just decide. Somewhere in this little journey of mine, years ago, I'm sure it was probably right after Lauren said, so it might have be even right before that, I decided I'm going to believe God and His Word. That's how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just said, Lord, I don't even know what's in here, but when I find it, I'm going to agree with it and I'm going to ask for it. So I saw the thing where they spoke in tongues and the Holy Spirit came on them. I didn't have any teaching at all. No yay or no... I I never heard about it. I put my hand on it right there. Upstairs in this little office John had in one of our houses where we used to live in Windsor Great Park. And I said, God, if I don't have this, I don't think I do, I want it. Lo and behold, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in a toy store buying Christmas presents for the angel tree. Woo-hoo and crying, speaking in tongues. I was like a crazy woman in that store. I'm gonna come you okay? Oh, they need Jesus, their parents need Jesus. <laughs> I'm buying this. Get in my car. <laughs> I said, what is that? I never heard of this. I am like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna wreck the car if I don't quit doing this. And then I'm looking. God on the interstate right before Christmas, there was no cars, none. The whole way, turn on Christmas carols on the radio, try to change it. I'm like, ah! I'm sitting in my driveway, I'm, keeping, I'm going, I can't go in the house like this because my husband's going to think I'm crazy and he's going to call the 911 or something. So I'm sitting in the car, and my heart is like, man, this feels good. I don't know what this is, but this is awesome. I didn't even know what I was asking for enough to know that I just got it when it finally calmed down enough that I could run in the house without waking John up or the kids I think maybe just had Lauren at that time I'm not positive I ran in I ran back upstairs into that office that little office I opened the Bible and there it came again that scripture He goes this is what just happened to you so by the time I went to church and they said that wasn't for today it was too late I knew I didn't get talked into it So when he says, by his stripes you're healed, believe him, believe him, believe him. When he carried my sorrow and grief, something I never even thought possible, and his spirit led me by his grace to begin to thank him on the night Lauren died, and to begin to thank him, enters gates with thanksgiving and praise and I'm thanking Him and my heart's broken and I don't even know how we're gonna make it through life and how we're gonna keep the family together and how it's ever gonna be right, right in her room, in her closet. Big closet. And all of a sudden I begin to worship Him and worship Him. I'm saturated with the presence of God in a stronger measure than I've probably ever been before in my life. And I just kept worshipping him and worshipping him. And all the sorrow left. It was a spirit and it left. And I was like, God, what happened? And he took me to the scripture. I didn't know where anything is. I still don't. So he's got to open it to it and show me. And right there it says, he carried my sorrow and grief. And the Lord said, it, it said, he takes the spirit of heaviness and gives the spirit of praise. And it says, he carried my sorrow and grief. He says, do you want it? Oh, I know. It was horrible. And I got the revelation that all of this is real. Like, he really does this. And that sorrow is a spirit. Uh, It just hit me like, I have no teaching in this, you guys. It's like, this stuff is spiritual. There was a spirit trying to destroy me. There was a spirit trying to make me sad the rest of my life. There was a spirit trying to order my steps. And by entering into the Lord's courts with praise and thanksgiving and then it really becoming worship by his grace that spirit of heaviness had to leave me and people it's never come back and I'm not letting it come back by Jesus name in Jesus name amen you gotta believe you gotta believe Mm. thank God I'm not judging anybody but meds are my last last resort not my first go to I didn't even take a Valium. And I sang at her funeral. And when the thoughts would try to come in and overtake me, I have to overtake them. And cast them down. And I just want to encourage you, if you are on meds, especially for things like depression and and things that are issues of the heart. Amen? Begin to work yourself off of them. By taking truth and believing it. And work with your doctors. Amen. But they should be able to see. That hey you don't need this anymore. And I will just tell you this. For any medicines you ever take anywhere. You pray over it. No poison shall harm you. And mean it. Just mean it. Whatever. Whatever bad side effects or addiction or anything else no poison shall harm me but you have to do that with the belief i'm getting off of this led by holy spirit i'm getting off of this led by the holy spirit amen you're not too late if you're all messed up can i get an amen, amen. but you're not going to run this race and win And the high calling, if you continue to hang on to all your garbage and coping mechanism, you've got to begin to make a plan and a vision led by Holy Spirit to do this His way. Which means scriptures. Which means talking to Him. Which means asking Him to show you things. Which means absolutely refusing to let the tormentor torment you. Him In the name of Jesus, take authority over him. Don't watch so much news. I don't watch any news anymore. I'm not saying, how do you know what you know? I get um, conservative news and from it just shows up on my Facebook or it shows up in my um, email. And then I go through the headlines and look at what I need to know for now. And it's all through Christian, conservative or very conservative. Been What's that guy, Ben Shapiro, Shapiro, whatever he's... Yeah, different ones like that. And then God just gives it to me. Amen? But I haven't watched... I haven't watched Fox. I didn't even watch Newsmax or any of that. I, I, I was so intense watching news during the whole election thing, I knew it was God. Because I know I never liked to watch news. I, I would almost live watching the news just to know what to pray and what to do. And then, boy, once that season, it was gone. Like, I get bored if I try to watch the uh, little captions on YouTube about what, you know, somebody said on Fox News or something. But I still hear everything. He shows it to me. All I got to do is read the headlines and I kind of know what's going on. Amen? And to know how to intercede and pray, then hear what the prophets are saying. And so I'm just telling you, you need to change some of the ways you do things if you want to live in peace. That passes all understanding. I believe there's a peace that passes understanding. Amen. Now everybody got me. I didn't tell you to get rid of your medicine, did I? No. I told you to begin to get vision. Led by Holy Spirit. To deal with those issues. So you don't need the medicine. And even your doctor will agree. You don't need the medicine. Amen. And But get excited about that. This is going to be great. I'm going to change the way I eat so I won't be a diabetic anymore. I'm going to let God heal me from where I eat too much sugar, whatever it is. Amen. I'm going to trust God to do this. I'm going to get the information, trust God, and watch him walk me out of this. I'm going to run this race to win. Amen. We don't have to go out of here. Don't let anybody talk about how old and crunchy you're getting. Amen. Like I tell my, kid, my kids, like, well, Mom, you repeated yourself. I'm like, I talk to 20 people a day and repeat the same stuff and I don't remember who I said it to and who I didn't say it to. I said, so if I repeat it myself, too bad. I'm talking about Jesus, aren't I? Like, well, and Mitchell, we've been watching. I said, y'all are not getting our stuff so just forget it until we're checked out. So I believe we're going to be all raptured so you better get your heart right. I said, wait till you see what I get in heaven. Y'all be standing in line wanting to come visit. I said, you need you need to you need to run this race. You need to get in this race. Y'all gonna be surprised on judgment day unless something gets a fire under your hearts <laughs> the Lord say, Come see what your mama got. <laughs> when y'all thought she was wasting her time. <laughs> Amen. I'm cool with that. I want them to have mansions too. I want them to have everything God has for them. Amen. But if they choose not to, that's between them and God, and they can just come and visit me in the new Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. Because I'm running this race, you guys. And I am going to get the high calling in Christ Jesus. By his grace. You just think you're so... I just think I'm so in love with Jesus and all I have to do is what he shows me. All I have to do is want to hang out with God. And even he gives me the want to. My gosh, he can't get much easier. He gives you the want to. When you don't have the want to, ask him for the want to. Read his word and believe it. Believe his spirit can teach you all things. Amen? You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. So to run this race, you've got to read the word and you've got to believe it. Put your name there. Put your name. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What's your all thing you want done? Maybe your all thing you want done is to be free from headaches, or to be free from sickness, or to be free from this or that. Amen? So you can sit there and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can see my children serve God through Christ who strengthens me. I can. you see what I'm saying? You've got to make this personal. My gosh, we have this entire Bible full of promises. What a God. Here, let me load you up on promises. Wow. And all the devil wants to do is steal all those promises from you. And most people won't even read and find out what the promises are. How many... mm, Okay. Do you know when we got those promises? I mean, he promised them in the Old Covenant. But we didn't get those promises until the New Covenant. In the New Covenant... We got those promises because we're an heir. We're co-heirs with Christ. He died. Sin died. The old man. Now we get the promises of God. Amen? Now I know there's not a person in here that if they called you up and said, Oh, we have a surprise for you. You were in such and such will. And we need you to come down here and read this will so we can have you sign for what you're going to get. How many would say, Oh, I don't need to know what it says. Especially, let's say you had a rich uncle, like a really rich uncle, and you get a phone call or a piece of paper official. We need you to come down. We're going to read the will and your name's in it. How many would probably go? And how many would probably listen to what they say is yours? And how probably would do whatever, it, you know, legally it takes to get that? Well, guys, it's called the New Covenant. It's your inheritance is in his will. And you don't even know what I know can can I tell you what we get? What I get? I get favor. But you say, oh, but it's because you're white. You're privileged. I'm not privileged, I'm favored. <laughs> Amen. I'm favored. Ben Carson is favored. Yeah. Amen? Favored. Oh, mm, oh, don't get me on this mm. again. <clears throat> I, I like this guy who was coming. How sad for black America if they really buy a lie that they're going to get positions and all now because they're black and white people feel sorry for you so now we're going to give you the important jobs instead of you deserve them or god's opened the door for you people need to scream about this stuff i mean they ought to be having scream they are they are how how dare you say that i can't earn a good job and especially as believers i have favor i have favor well women pastors they'll never have big churches. I am not trying to have a big church. I have favor with God and I will have every single person listen to me that he wants listening to me. Amen? So I have favor. How many want favor? Favor. Favor is when they hire you. It's not charisma. Some people have witchcraft mess, but for believers, we go in and we ask for favor. Amen? We have favor. We need to know we have favor. What else do we have? What else do we have in promises? We have long life on the earth. Amen? We have long life on the earth. We have healing. Or divine health. If you're grateful when he heals you, he'll make you whole. That means he'll heal your mind, he'll heal your fear, he'll deliver you from everything. Why? Because you were grateful when he healed you, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I want to find out everything he has for me. So that's what happened to me. When he took my sorrow and my grief, all of a sudden I was like, wait, I want to know everything you have for me. I want to know. What, it, what is it, Lord? What is it? Who are you really? What is it that we have? We have riches because of who he is. Amen? We have riches and glory. We have all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. But dang, that sounds like a lot more fun than most. What people are trying to get, you can talk about money all you want. I want the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Guess what? I had a spiritual blessing in the heavenlies last night, four in the morning. I had a almost really face to face encounter with Jesus Christ. That is a blessing in the heavenlies. Amen. It's a blessings in the heavenlies when you come here on Friday and you feel the presence of God and angels in this room. That is a blessing in the heavenlies. Amen? I have all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. So I've had visions. I've had dreams. Amen? Some of y'all don't even ask for this stuff. Amen? And all he says is, Trust me. Love me. Love me with all your heart. Love me with all your soul. Love me with all your mind and love me with all your strength. And then he's going to be the one to get you to do that. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster beauty for ashes ministry we'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic god bless you